0: The saying goes the hindsight is twenty-twenty. It seems rather poetic to have such insight, having coming out of twenty-twenty. This month for me marks two years since the fateful events transpired that led to my departure from the hypercharismatic slash NAR movement, and I am a little wiser and more humble for it. Thinking back causes me to realize some things that were not as clear at the time. I do not intend on this being a yearly commemorative diatribe of the past, recalling the pain of accusations. The confusion of what was taking place, or of what I partially discerned, nor do I wish to wallow in the grief of losing much and yet gaining so much more. I do share this in hopes of helping others like myself, who have been ensnared in these movements, and feel as if so much was lost or wasted. Dear friend, nothing is wasted, including our pain in the trial of awakening from deception. You just heard an excerpt from my latest blog post featured on Lovescribe. Hi there, and welcome to the Love Scribe Podcast, where we talk about biblical truths, current topics, and where we grow in loving the Word and loving the One who is the Word, Jesus Christ. I am Dawn Hill, and I am the Love Scribe. Hey, y'all! Thanks for joining me today on this episode. This today is going to be more personal. I recently wrote this blog post called "Humility and Hindsight." I was reflecting back because. This month actually marks two years since everything started moving in motion and ultimately leading to our uh, departure from the church that we were part of for almost 20 years. And it was a church that started out Word of Faith, very much Word of Faith, uh, was hyper-charismatic, and in the last six or seven years had evolved into a new apostolic reformation with a heavy focus, of course, on, in addition to what we were under, which I talked about last week about the NAR, so you can check out that podcast about true apostles and the NAR, and the comparison between true apostles in the Bible, what the Bible has to say about true big A apostles versus the new apostolic reformation and those that hold to that. What we actually came out of was morphing in, had morphed into really embracing the uh, apostolic prophetic as a governing authority. And so two years ago, the best way I can describe it is is that the, the, the Lord had started getting my attention. The Lord Jesus Christ started getting my attention, oddly enough, through Scripture uh, that was being misappropriated, along with other things. There was a lot of stuff I'll talk a little bit about, but still it's hard at times to put it into words. Because at the time, two years ago, I was in such deception, and I was confused at the same time, but I was starting to wake up, is the best way I can put it. And I was starting to recognize that, that things something was wrong, that things were wrong. But I just couldn't understand fully. And maybe some of you will relate to this today. I know that some people may not relate to it or they may not like hearing about this. They may even push back on it. But there's going to be some people that hear this and they're going to relate to this. And so either way, I hope that you'll just take time to listen. And if it encourages you and helps you in any way, I hope that it does. And if it causes you to go back to the Word and to test what you're hearing, I hope it does that as well. So two years ago, I began really, the best way that I can sp- explain it is waking up out of deception. And it wasn't an immediate change that took place. It was in a matter of moments that I started waking up. And I don't even know why to this day. There's times, even in the, in the past uh, couple years, when I would be in prayer and And be asking God in prayer, you know, I don't understand why I was blind for so long. And ultimately coming to peace with it and knowing that God thankfully did wake me up out of deception. I did hear his voice through scripture. I hear the voice of the shepherd and I answered and that I am one of his sheep. And I just have to take comfort in that regardless of, under, of knowing that, you know, for 18 years I was in something and then now having to unlearn things and stand upon the foundation of the truth and begin to rebuild in my life and build with solid teaching. It doesn't matter about how long it took. It just matters that I did wake up and thank God for his mercy and grace. But even in uh, those moments a couple years ago of realizing that there were so many different things I was dealing with, there was a lot of confusion on my part, but at the same time I was in deception thinking I was a prophet under an apostle. There was the deception of some of the teaching that I'd been taught for years upon years upon years. There was the, the confusion of, I don't understand why I'm hesitant about certain things, manifestations now. Uh, why I'm hesitant about certain people and what they're, what they're saying and what they're ministering. Why am I hesitant about what's being ministered? Why am I hesitant about this and that? Why there's all these things going on around me and I've been used to this for years. Why all of a sudden now am I wondering, you know, is this really of the Holy Spirit? There was a lot of different stuff that took place in a matter of, uh, in a short period of time and it began in one evening during a service that, that took place and things started unraveling. Another thing, too, that was really big, and at the time I didn't understand fully, because you have to understand this. I mean, I love the Lord even at that point. I had taken my Bible with me to church, and yes, I would open it, and I would read it, and I would highlight, and I would mark, and I would you know take notes in the margins and things, but I wasn't testing what I was hearing. And I wasn't looking to see if what I was being taught was in context related to the other passages of Scripture around it. I was just taking my Bible a lot of times, and it was sitting next to the, on, on the seat next to me, like an accessory. When it did open, I read what the minister was saying and closed it back again. And I didn't go home and study, go over what I was taught. I didn't make sure that what I was being taught was, was the truth. And there was, there was a lot of scripture that was misappropriated over the years. And so one of the things that really woke me up, Oddly enough, was the twisting of uh, John ten twenty seven, and another passage of uh, Jesus saying, "You know, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments." Those were different things that were that were taken out of context, and it was in even in those moments, oddly enough, of the twisting of Scripture that my eyes began to be opened and my ears were opened, and I started realizing that something was wrong. But I was not equipped to exegete that passage of scripture and to ask the questions that need to be asked. I did ask questions, but they were very superficial questions. And the questions I wanted to ask, I didn't know how to ask them. And at the same time, honestly, looking back, I was in fear. There is a culture of fear that's in these types of movements that what I was involved in was the word of faith. It began word of faith in that church for years and it still stayed word of faith, but then it began to morph and evolve in the last six or seven years where I was there there was a, a, an evolution of embracing the apostolic and prophetic, and whether they call it that or not, it's the new apostolic reformation. But that's what it became it became a heavy focus on the manifestations, uh, even more heavy focus on the Holy Spirit, um, even heavier focus on the governing authority in the fivefold ministry, in particular, the apostle and the prophet, and even. Uh, more heavy focus on you were starting to see more branding more of the business side of ministry which it should not be that way but really branding their their persona their their image onto a particular quote church when the church belongs to God it does not belong to any man or woman it's not it's not a brand it's the body of Christ And there is not to be any branding. There's not to be any of this. But sadly, that goes on. And so this was the world that I was involved in. Coming out of that and starting to wake up, but still be in deception, still be confused, and then be even more confused because of the accusations of rebellion and dishonor and insinuating opposing through prayer and things. And then having to to make a decision to eventually exit Because of stipulations placed and a time frame placed, it was very difficult. And then when leaving, at the end of that time leaving, there was a mixture of emotions. I was devastated for a period of time having to try to grapple with what was going on. I was devastated. I was extremely, I was in grief. I was uh, broken in all of it. I didn't understand it. It felt like my world was caving in. I felt like I was losing everything. And the only thing, when I left, the only thing I was honestly certain of was my salvation. That was the only thing I was certain of. Everything else was starting to come into question. Things, a lot of the stuff I had been taught was starting to come into question because things were not, were starting to not add up anymore. And at the same time, the day that I left or day my family, my family and I left, there was freedom. There was a, there was a sense of a weight lifted off. And at the same time, I was grieving because I thought, I'm losing everything that I've known. I'm losing relationships. I'm losing another family, a church family, that it was a lot. And so then after that, coming out of that, I began to throw myself into the Word and to study it. And I began also, oddly enough, I began to devour books twice a week I was reading books that were good solid biblical books but there was a lot of books I was reading that came from the movement I was part of and I was buying them secondhand and I was and testing them against the the word and what happened was I became very very upset because I was finding that what what I what I was realizing was I was in major error and it angered me it angered i was angry at myself for quite some time because i thought how could i be so ignorant how could i be so dumb and blind and not test this earlier why did i stay in deception for so long i had to come at peace to peace with with a lot of things and for months i can tell you there was a lot of repentance and i don't say that to boast it's really it's embarrassing in a, to some degree to admit for years that you believe certain things and you never tested it. You just never tested it against scripture and you just believe what you were told and thinking that people innocently believing, naively believing that people were not going to, to lie to you or to, they were in probably in deception themselves and didn't even realize it. And we're not willingly trying to deceive people. I want to believe, uh, give people the benefit of the doubt, but I also know there are, are wolves in sheep's clothing and they are there are people that are going to willingly deceive people and they know that they're being deceptive. So, you know, coming out of this, I began to test things, people that I knew of that I knew personally in that movement and began to test their writings against what scripture said. And the more that I found, and then there were people that are in the fringe of that that say really wild stuff that even there's they have massive followings and and now today I don't understand why some people have massive followings when they're, you know, talking about Jell-O land and, you know, that God watches them, John Wayne movies with them and they're taking their wizard staff and standing on the edge of a beach and trying to rebuke storms and, you know, lots of different things or, you know, focusing on all their their dreams with, with dead quote generals of the faith and, You know, this and that. There's just, it goes on and on. But there's no expositional preaching. There's no call to repentance. There's no teaching of the gospel and and helping people to understand what the word really says and pointing people back to Jesus Christ. There's a lot of focus on the manifestations and we've got to have the new skin, the new wine skin, the new sound. We've got to have a fresh word. We've got to have this and that. And not in the fresh word of, of saying, we've got to get back to the written word of God, but we've got to have a fresh manifestation, a fresh word, a fresh sound, a new song. And people are starving spiritually. And especially the sheep, there's true sheep in these movements, and they're spiritually starving because they're not hearing the truth. That it's just living from one encounter to the next, one manifestation to the next, one conference to the next, going from one anointed man or woman of God to the next instead of realizing that we're all in the body of Christ, we're all anointed according to 1 John 2.20 and we don't even really understand what anointed means in a biblical sense. So anyway, coming out of this really testing start I started testing things and I started making a stack of books that were for research purposes only and looking and testing and I honestly had to stop doing that for a while because I was getting so frustrated of what I was reading and understanding and coming to terms with, I was deceived for a long time. There were things I had written. I began to pull my blog posts and delete them and to, to trash them. There, were, there was a, a devotional I had written. I pulled it off of, out of print. There was an ebook I had written. I pulled it out of uh, circulation. Because the more that I kept finding, the more convicted I became. And I was sorrowful. I mean, I was in a place and some of you may relate to this, when you come to the place of understanding that you were in deception and that you were believing things that were not lining up with Scripture and were contrary to the the truth of the Word of God, there is a sorrow that grips you of knowing that there was a sinful state and coming to repentance in that. And there was so much repentance. There was so much unlearning that took place. And for lack of a better word, so much deconstruction that took place and really understanding again god the only thing i'm certain of at this point is my salvation that's the only thing that i am certain of at this point i am certain of nothing else that i was told i need to get back to the bible i'm not i'm i don't care about a, an encounter right now or an experience or a goosebump i don't care about any of that stuff all i care about is the truth i want the truth And I know that the Bible has the truth in it because it's not, it's it's your word and it's inspired. It's God breathed. It's not going to lie to me. And I need to understand it in context before I do anything else. I need to understand it in context. So I know that I'm understanding the gospel properly and that I'm following the true Christ. So that's what I did. I began to test things and I was getting in the word and I was searching and digging and trying to understand more and more and more. And then I was finding better resources to go to along with the Bible of other people to read that were helping me to understand the truth. And along that way... There, Even in the past two years looking back, I realize, and I may have already said this, but I was in a culture of fear. There was a culture of honor. Honor was a big thing. It's a big thing in these movements in particular in the, in the New Apostolic Reformation or whatever you want to call it. But there's a big focus on honor you're to honor the leaders, you stand and clap when they come to the pulpit, and you, you show them respect, and you can you know, if you're the armor bearer, you carry their things for them, and you serve the man or woman or God, and you serve their vision, and you do, you do all these, these things, and, and you stay loyal, and the moment that you show any sort of dishonor, or loyal, disloyalty, whether, asking questions or showing that you're not in in agreement with what's being taught or whatever goes on with that then you're no longer of use and you're now a liability and you begin to understand that what you're a part of is not really ministry it's it's a business it's it's really man focused. And I will tell you this, along with being man focused, to be to be honest in the whole thing, when I left, there was a lot of grief. There was a, a weight lifted, but there was still grief at the same time because of of the loss that was taking place. And when you're in a position like that, there can be a tendency and there was a tendency for me that all I saw was my own pain. Even though that's understandable, it's still a very selfish place to be because What I was part of, there were other people that were hurting. There were other people that were suffering in their own area. And, you know, maybe this will help somebody too, but you have to understand that you're not the only one that's suffering. There are other people that are suffering, and we don't always see that. And, yes, we grieve, and, yes, we're going to – we have emotions. We're not robots, and we're going to experience loss and pain – especially when you're coming out of things like this and you're going to have personal sorrow because you're going to realize that you've made mistakes too. It's not just that you're a victim, but I was complicit in perpetuating false teaching and didn't even realize it. I've said this before and I'll say it again. Just because you're sincere doesn't mean you're right. I was sincere and I sincerely loved the Lord, but I was sincerely wrong in some things that I taught and things that I believed and I perpetuated. So I was not a victim in all of this. I was caught in the middle of it. And yes, even though I was sincere, there was still wrong on my part and sin that I had to repent of before the Lord for believing false teaching and perpetuating it and taking responsibility for it. And at the same time, understanding that I had been unjustly accused and wronged and needed to forgive others, even if I never heard an apology, even if I was accused of being a witch and that continues on to this day and false accusations being made. I have to be at peace with that because, you know, that's what happens when you're part of these movements. You're going to be falsely accused. You're going to be labeled. There are things that are going to be said. There there are things that are going to be said about you that people are never going to come to you and ask you the truth or ask you your perspective of what happened. There's just going to be, we're going to take this particular side and that's it and I know that because I was part of that movement and that's what happened even in, in the last two years there's been a lot of growth and I by no means have arrived there's so much more that I have to learn and I'm sure that there are things that I'm still going to have to unlearn that as I come across things and being willing to submit to proper godly leadership and biblical proper biblical teaching, and it's been refreshing to be in uh, to have biblical teaching and to understand that better, and to understand the Bible better, understand what it means to be a disciple of Christ, and understand the gospel better, and to have a better grasp of the Word of God in the proper context. But it takes time, and it takes time to unlearn those things, and we have to be willing to be repentant and I, at the same time understand that God is giving us grace. He has extended grace and mercy to us beyond what we what we deserve. We don't deserve any of it. But God has graciously and mercifully extended these things to us by getting us out of these types of movements, by opening our eyes. And then helping us to see the truth and to share it with others and to be gentle in sharing it, to be humble when we share it, to realize that there are people that are not going to like what we have to say. That's okay. I'm not responsible for people's actions. I'm responsible for mine. And I'm going to have to give an account for them before the Lord. And I don't want to, I you know, the last thing I would ever want to hear from him is depart from me. I never knew you. I want to hear from him, well done, good and faithful servant, and be okay if I am hated or slandered or lied about or misperceived and continue to preach the gospel and call those people to repentance and to truly pray for them and to pray that their eyes would be opened and that God would extend mercy to them in this time to wake them up. There there's a few things I wanted to share with you guys with that just as a the personal thing but I know that some people will probably relate to this of you know the whole basis of the culture of fear the fear of man and looking back I realized that that was a big big part of it too I didn't realize that I was fearful I thought I knew so much and I thought this was it was just a spiritual battle that I was facing but I didn't realize at the same time it in a in a sense it was a spiritual battle because I was not understanding the spiritual things in, in accordance with scripture in the proper context and was in such deception because of the movement I was in. But also too, there was this culture of fear. And there were things that when I look back now, it's so funny because you know, we we do say hindsight is twenty twenty, right? And I've had conversations with people that have been in these movements or emails or texts or face-to-face conversations or phone calls through the months that people have reached out to me, people I do know and people I didn't know at all that have wanted to talk to me and ask questions, and, and it's been really good conversations. And and even if we don't agree on things, they've been it's amazing when you get to talk to people that actually want to have a conversation. Contrary to what people think, it is possible to have a conversation with somebody when you don't agree with them. It really is to ha- possible to have a civil conversation. It is possible to have a civil conversation with somebody. So just know that. But talking with people and realizing that there was a culture of fear there. I was afraid to ask the questions that r- I really wanted to ask, but I didn't know how to ask them because I was in such confusion. I was still in deception. And I honestly didn't understand the Bible like I should have. Now, two years later, I understand a little bit better and having spent time studying some of the things that were taught out of context and misappropriated, you know, we talk about hindsight and I think back at times and I go, I wonder, you know, if I had to go back, I would ask this question, I would ask that question and I wouldn't be afraid because the word tells us not to fear man. We don't need to fear men. No matter what title they have, we don't need to fear man or woman. When I say men, I mean like humankind. We don't need to fear people. We fear God. You know, knowing what I know now, I think, you know, asking these different questions, even more relevant questions that were posed. There's times I I wish that I had not left quietly. I, I wish that I had the last day. I wish I had just taken as many people with me as I could and just or just warned them to please flee flee and get out of this it's you're in danger I there's so many things that you know you think back and you go woulda shoulda coulda but didn't can't go I can't go back and change any of it and the only thing I can do now is to sound an alarm and to move forward and to continue to keep myself right before God meaning have the right mind have the right heart have the right spirit but to boldly say this this type of teaching is wrong and this is why not because i say so because the bible says so because this is what scripture has to say about it and not apologizing for it not apologizing for loving people enough to say the truth and the truth is that there is abuse spiritual abuse that's taking place in a lot of these movements people are being abused they're being manipulated they're being controlled they're being told, if you dare question the man or woman of God, you are in danger of curses coming on you. You don't touch the Lord's anointed. And that is that is such manipulation. That is not okay to say such things to people. That is misappropriated scripture, first of all. And we are told to test the teachers. The teachers are held to a higher standard, according to James, for what, they, what they've taught. Romans 16, 17 tells us to mark those and avoid them who would teach things that are contrary to the doctrine that had been taught and would bring division in the body of Christ. Meaning that they're teaching things that are bring false division. They're not dividing, rightly dividing the truth, but they're trying to take people away from the truth. They're teaching false things that they shouldn't teach. They're teaching things for shameful gain that they should not teach. There are false apostles today that are teaching things and they're abusing the sheep and they're t- trying to manipulate and control and it's not okay and we've got to get back to the word of god to go back to what scripture says and use it as the standard of truth to know that it has it has this it's the sufficient word of god that it has the truth and the basis in it for us to understand the gospel to understand god to understand jesus christ to understand the holy spirit and to understand what we are called to as disciples of Christ and as co-heirs with Christ, adopted into the kingdom of God, no longer children of wrath, no longer enemies of God, when we receive salvation and that we acknowledge and confess Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And there are still things that I think of, and I'm sure that there are many of you listening that can relate to this, that there are things that you think of. From the past that you wish that you could have gone back and changed. Things that you may be beating yourself up for, for believing for so long or wondering why the deception was so long or, you know, having to repent of false teachings and stuff and whatever it is that you're dealing with. If there's anything that I can say to encourage you, it's this, is that God is merciful and gracious when he reveals the truth to us through his word and through his son, Jesus Christ that there is mercy and grace there for us. And I always go back to John eight thirty one and 32, when it, Jesus says, if you abide my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And that truth rests in Jesus Christ. That truth rests in the word of God. Abiding in his word, abiding in Jesus Christ, truly being his disciples, that's how we're set free. The word, his truth, Jesus Christ sets us free and we can take comfort in that and knowing that we are granted we've been given and granted repentance from false teaching from things that are error that are leading us away from god and to other things even unto ourselves we've been granted repentance his kindness brings us to repentance that gives us a new perspective of understanding that that it's truly his kindness god's kindness leads us to repentance his kindness to be patient with us, to be merciful, to be gracious to us in the midst of our sin, in the midst of our error, that he grants that to us. And there was a quote that I saw recently, and I'll close with this, and I actually opened with it in my blog post. But as I was thinking about the past two years and just the mercy and the goodness of God in all of this, In spite of everything that happened, in spite of the pain, in spite of the sorrow, in spite of the loss, in spite of everything that happened, there was still, on the other side of this, there is such joy in coming out of all that and knowing God and knowing the truth and being free from so much spiritual bondage that kept me for so long and and in the deception of thinking I was so free when I really wasn't. And knowing what the word truly says and understanding it in context. And there is such joy in that, even in the midst of going through things. And there are things that my family has gone through in the, even the past two years, just our family in general, having to go through different things. And maybe someone else relates to this too, before I share this quote real quick, I'm taking a rabbit trail, but you know, another thing that really hit me coming out of all this is, Dealing with such things as physical ailments or dealing with things going on that were trials or suffering in our lives and immediately having to undo that mindset and to cast down the lies of, well, you came out from underneath the spiritual covering. You're being punished. You touched God's anointed. This is a consequence. This is is the reason why you're going through this. Whereas understanding now, we live in a fallen world. We deal with things in our lives that happen. And If anything, we need to look at things when we go through them, whatever it is and whatever amount of suffering we're going through, to look at it as I can draw closer to God through this. I can be sanctified even more by Christ through this. I can trust in him, really understand what faith is, that faith is not in my words. It's not in my own faith. It's not in my confession. It's in Christ alone and what he did on the cross for me and to atone for my sins and to know that no matter what happens, I can trust him. I and still believe that God can heal and he will heal. And even if he doesn't, he's still God. He, he hasn't changed. And that my salvation is secure. And so there was a that other aspect of breaking those mindsets and tearing those down and realizing that was all bondage. It was all lies and manipulation. And to know what the truth of the word of God says. And to rest in him and trust in him. And to have such joy even in the midst of trial and suffering. And to know that you can run to him and trust him in all things. And that he works all things for the good of those who, lo- who love him according to Romans. And all things as I've you've heard me probably say before. All things does not mean everything good is coming my way. No that means that God works all things even those things that we don't deem good, He works all them, all of them for the good of those who love Him, who are called according to His purpose. It's to sanctify us and to draw us closer to Him and to conform us to His image. And that includes things that we go through that are very hard and very trying. And we do not need to adopt these oral traditions of man that would try to say otherwise and in contrary to Scripture. That it's not punishment, it's not It's nothing like that or it's not not, uh, coming out from underneath the spiritual covering. It's dealing with the fallen nature of man, the sin in the world that that comes and the things that come because of that and trusting in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ no matter what we face. And so I do really want to end here with this. I began my blog post with this quote by J.I. Packer. I saw this the other day. And as I was reflecting on the past two years, I thought this quote was so fitting and maybe you find it fitting for yourself in whatever stage that you've been in. If you've come out of one of these movements and maybe you're having thoughts and maybe this will provide you some comfort above all, the scripture is going to provide you comfort. Jesus Christ above all is going to provide you comfort. Go to the word above all to seek out the truth of the basis of what we believe as Christians. But this quote really helped me. To kind of put into words and to think about where God has brought me in the two years, and I hope that He's brought you in the same place and and helped you to understand the freedom that we walk in according to the Lord. J.I. Packer said, "If you ask why is this happening, no light may come, but if you ask how am I to glorify God now, there will always be an answer." And that's the thing that I come to in my own walk is. God, I want to glorify you. I don't care about me being exalted or me being glorified. You are humbling me. And I know that your word says that you, when we humble ourselves before you, that you will exalt us. But above all things, I want him exalted in my life. And this is the main focus and the drive that I have now is how am I to glorify you now, God? And the answer is to minister the gospel to speak out the truth according to his word and to sound the alarm and to pray that there are other eyes that are opened and other ears that will hear the truth. Be blessed today. Thank you for joining me on this podcast. If you would like to connect with me, you can find me on Facebook and on Instagram at lovesick And if you enjoy reading, feel free to hop on over to lovesickscribe.com and subscribe to my blog. I've enjoyed being with you today, and I look forward to our next time together as we talk about biblical truths, current topics, and we continue to grow together in loving the Word and loving the one who is the Word, Jesus Christ. Blessings to you.